0: to you. Uh, Today is different. Today's kind of an information and kind of an exhortation day to hopefully um, get you on board and to get you excited about connecting one, right? Say it with me, connecting one, as Brother Kirk said last week, to the one. Come on, let's say it together. Connecting one to the one. All right. Lord, we thank you for this time and this day and we pray your anointing On the word presented and the time we have left in Jesus' name. Every heart touched and excited about people going to heaven with us. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen, amen. amen. Matthew chapter 28, famous, great commission, red letters. Jesus himself says, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Just one book over in the book of Mark. We see Jesus again speaking in verse, uh, chapter 16, verse 15. And Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the good news. Go into all the world and preach the good news. To all creation, whoever believes and who, who, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. You go to the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, in the f- first chapter, and we're going to read there. And it says, "Let me get there quickly." And it says, "Go ye, go ye where." Into all the world, but when you have received power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. In Acts chapter one, okay? You may look at me and say, "Well, Pastor." What are you talking about here? You've presented three things. You've presented go and make disciples. No, Jesus said that. You have presented t- to me go and preach the gospel, which sounds different than that one. And then you have presented here again Jesus speaking all t- all three times Jesus speaking, go and be my witnesses in this area in the state in the South of the United States in the nation and into the whole world. And you may say, which one of these is the one that I should follow? And your answer is yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay? All of them equally as important, equally as powerful, and should be practiced by all of us. As Brother Kirk said last week, as the Holy Spirit leads you. Okay? Now, there is also uh, evidently here... A difference because he says make disciples in Matthew. He says in Mark preach the gospel, and then he says be my witnesses in Acts. In Acts, by definition, there is a difference there. The first one, by definition, is uh, more relational. Preaching the gospel is more vocal and more public in context. Okay, and then the other one where you're going and you're being a witness is kind of both, where you have some relationship going, but you also have opportunity to speak the scripture and to speak the gospel of Jesus Christ. Gospel, by the way, means what? Good news. To tell people the good news, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Now, those of you who are new here at this church, or just been even just for a little while, you know my heart, and in about six or Eight, nine months ago, the Holy Spirit placed in my heart to lead this church into two areas. One of them is prayer, okay? That prayer sheet that you have, by the way, is very, very good. You can, Miss Teresa gave it to me, and you can take it, and you can pray it every morning in your life. What a wonderful way to start the day. But the Holy Spirit said, lead this church into prayer and into missions, reaching out, Okay? And, and I didn't fully understand it, but I, I started obeying, and we started having prayer meetings. And on Tuesday mornings, we have from 10 to 11 a prayer meeting here. And you can sign up in the foyer. If you can't come here, you can be praying with us. Every Tuesday, we fast as a church together, okay? And I didn't understand what all that was about. And then I started thinking about the, the dream that I had twice, the same dream twice, before anything was out here of, of young couples coming out of that house and looking left and right and saying there's no place to go to church. This was a long time ago before anything was out here. And now that dream is taking place literally right here in front of us with this subdivision touching church property right here, 115 houses. Hundred and something houses touching the back of church property. You better see it better after the cane is mowed down. His tractors broken. So we'll, he, he, when he fixes it, it's going to be all level back there. And then a new subdivision right over there. Encircling this kingdom property by families who need Jesus Christ. Who need the love of Jesus Christ in their lives. So it's, it's coming to pass. And then we came up with the term connect one. Where you're connecting one person in one year to the Lord Jesus Christ through relationship through preaching the word through discipling through being a witness now the four things that Caleb was talking about earlier are all encompassed in that cord in this cord right here and those four things, if you've been here a while, you know what they were, to help people come to the Lord, to help people grow in the Lord, to help people find and fulfill their God-given purpose, and to help people help other people come to the Lord, to find, to fulfill, and to con- connect people to the Lord. And God is bringing that to pass. Last Sunday, Brother Kirk, when he preached his message, Connecting One to The One, he quoted St. Francis. Uh, say, ...who said that to preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. Is that pretty accurate? And if necessary, use words. I, I would like to tell you that that's a very powerful statement. And it's a very good statement. But I'm here to tell you something. That whether you s- use words or not in the very beginning... There, it, ...there's going to come a time when you will have to use words there's going to come a time when you will have to open up your mouth. You're going to have to have some scripture that you know. You're going to have to have a testimony that you know of of your personal testimony, what God has done in your life. Because those people who are watching you, and and it's, it's a very powerful statement, okay? There will come a time when it's necessary to open your mouth. And you're going to have to tell them, well, that's Jesus in me. Because I'm not this person. I wasn't this person before that you're seeing now, okay? And so that's because of Jesus Christ. So very often people will take that statement, and I don't think that's what he meant by it, but they'll take it and they'll say, okay, well, I'm okay and I never have to open my mouth. Okay? Now listen, I'm here to give you all some education today. I'm not really going to preach at you. I'm not going I want to educate you a little bit. Listen carefully to, to what I'm about to say. All right. In 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 my estimation, humbly, believe me, I I have seen two main avenues are two main ways to share your faith, two main ways to connect someone to Jesus Christ, okay? All right, the first one I call public evangelism, public evangelism. This is where the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached to the lost in open public venues, crusades, prisons. Brother Scott, you go to the prison, a hospital, the, the nursing home, schools, restaurants, on the street ministry, this is track distribution where you go and you just leave tracks. You're publicly out there and you're saying Jesus is Jesus hung on a cross for your sin and you have a sin problem and that problem can only be taken care of through with, with Jesus and can only be handled through the blood, the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice and it's life changing. This is what's used. uh, How many of you were involved in Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames a few months ago? Okay, Uh, some some of you. Yeah, we got Jesus sitting right over here. Okay, that's what public evangelism is all about. It's using the Roman road, the bridge, or even Ray Comfort's method. I have right here, uh, this is a a book by uh, Kirk Cameron and Ray Comfort. You all remember the Left Behind series about 15, 20 years ago? This is the book that started it all, and this is an actual, it says, and if one of y'all want to take these, you're welcome to them, the School of Biblical Evangelism, 101 Lessons on How to Share Your Faith Effectively, and he has a particular method that he uses within this public evangelism method or, or, or way, okay? It's... It's, it's when you actually loudly proclaim. You have a venue and you speak and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's powerful. And people get saved, okay? People have to make an effort to do this. Let me give you an example. I, 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 was, I thought I was a good old boy and everything was fine in my life. I hadn't killed anybody, hadn't hurt anybody. Everything was fine, okay? And I thought I was going to get to heaven because of that. And one night, two ladies knocked on our door, drove all the way out in the country to Cairn Crow and knocked on our door. Two ladies by themselves sat down in our living room and told me, spoke the gospel of Jesus Christ to me. And because of that, I gave my life to Jesus Christ and I stand before you today. That's speaking and going out of your way. I didn't know them. I had no relationship with them whatsoever. I remember going, one of my First two or three times gone to the prison uh, at Hunt Prison uh, near Baton Rouge and gone into the prison. And when you go into the prison, you have to know scripture. You've got to learn the Roman road. You have to learn these scriptures that talk about salvation. You have to prepare yourself. You have to take a test. How many of you are gone in November, by the way? We're going back to Allen. Raise your hand. Look at all the hands around here. That's nine or ten of us that are gone back. They canceled it a few weeks ago, but we're going back. But anyway, I'm in Hunt Prison and we're in there and, and, the, and you have to prepare and you have to get ready to go in there and to proclaim in public demonstration of your faith. And, and Kevin Laverne came to him and he said, Marshal, he said, the, the, the sergeant out there, because it was in a program called Impact, it was a military program in the prison. And if you could go through this boot camp, they would shorten your time in, in, in the prison. And, and so they, he says, uh, uh, the, the sergeant, drill sergeant, and this was a retired drill sergeant from I mean in the army and he said he wants somebody to go preach to him I said well go preach to him Kevin he said no no I'm scared I'm too scared he said you go preach to him I said no you go Kevin I don't want to go you go he said no you go so he he was bigger than me he won the battle and so I went outside and he had all of them in the impact program and y'all there was 75 80 kids there and he even had a young girl, he had had them go to St. Gabriel down the road, and she was involved in the impact program too, and he made him put a chair for her to sit there. And I had to preach to them. I had to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, one of the first times I'd ever done that. Now, if, if, if I would go grab you, one of you, right out of this auditorium today and say, go up here and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to 80 young people in prison who you don't know the Lord, would you be frightened... Yeah, sure you would. I was scared to death. So I said, well, what am I going to do here? Lord, goodness gracious. And I did exactly what we were trained to do. I started speaking to them the Roman road and saying, hey, guys, I'm just like you. The only difference is you got caught one more time than me because we're all sinners. And we all fall short of the glory of God. Guess what that is? That's Romans 3.23. I was telling them the Roman road. But the good news is that, listen, guys, the good news is is that Jesus hung on a cross and, and whether you're in here or you walk out with me today, it doesn't matter because he hung on that cross for you and he hung on that cross for me. Well, at the end of it, I was so worn out. And so I was just like, oh, my goodness gracious. And you need to be baptized, too. If you give your life to the Lord, you've got to be baptized today. Now, listen, who needs Jesus in their life? Every hand went up. I was like, like they, they, they must have thought, my, what happened to him? I said, who needs Jesus? And every hand went up. I said, You need to give your life to Jesus Christ because because it says in Romans. See, I'm just telling them the scripture. I said, it says in Romans chapter 10 that if you confess him as the son of God and you confess him as your Lord and you mean it in your heart and believe that God raised him from the dead, that you are saved. What does that mean? It means that you'll go to heaven, okay? I said, whoever would like to do that, stand up. They all stood up. I was like, what? And I said, okay, who would like to be baptized? Raise your hand. They all raised their hand. It was like, Scott, I was like, whoa, man, come pick me up here. It was amazing. It wasn't me. It was the power of the word, and I was willing to open my mouth in public demonstration. Brother Randy, stand up right where you are, please. When we went to prison last year, this man, y'all ever seen that rabbit with the ever ready batteries? You're looking at him right here. This is a witnessing machine who will speak the gospel of Jesus Christ unashamedly and will go into the prison and tell them the word of God. Now, it says, it says the statistics show that someone comes to Jesus Christ after hearing the gospel 7.45, I think, times. It's over 7, between 7 and 8 times they hear the gospel. He's out there looking for number seven and a half. Okay, sit down, Brother Randy. And, 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 and he has a track ministry and hands out tracks, okay? Now, that's one style of sharing your faith, okay? That's one style. The other style is the second one I call lifestyle evangelism. You just saw it up here on the screens. A perfect example of lifestyle evangelism. This is where your life and your witness touches someone in a powerful way and they become curious about what you have and what's that joy and how can you get through these things and how are you smiling in the midst of all of these things. And they get hungry for that, just as you saw Bill Hybels on the screen. And then you connect them with Jesus Christ. You love the unlovable. You reach out to the unlovable, people that no one else would want to have anything. To the sinner, you have a Matthew party You invite them over. How many of you know someone for Thanksgiving fixing to come up that has no place to go for Thanksgiving? Come on, raise your hand. How many of you know someone who has nowhere to go for Christmas? Someone who's single? Someone who has just lost their family, lost their loved one, gone through a divorce, just come out of rehab. You name it, just come out of incarceration. And you could say, come to our house for Thanksgiving. See, that's lifestyle evangelism, loving the unlovable. We have some close, close friends of ours who, who lived right next door to, to someone who was watching them. They were going through all kinds of problems. We would have our cell group meetings at their house once a month. And, 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 and we, were, we were watching them grow, watching them just, just expand in the Lord. And one day, he got a knock on his door, and it was his neighbor. And he said, I don't know what you have, but whatever it is, I want it. And he told him, listen, he had to open his mouth. He said... His name is Jesus Christ. And he gave his life to the Lord Jesus Christ, became a part of our group, and went on and served the Lord for a long, long time. Listen, it's real and it works because they're watching you. Now listen carefully between these two styles. Listen, there are some people that are hurt, that are damaged and hurt and and, and leery, and, 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 and they're tired of religiousness. And they're tired of the hypocrisy that they see in the body of Christ. And they want the real deal. And, and they're fragile. Okay? These are not people that you go and hit over the head with oh, faithful here right off the bat. These are people that you have to build a relationship with. You have to love them, some of them, into the kingdom of God. And how do you know which method to use? How do you know the approach to take? And you can be in someone like Brother Randy who's a little tank. Brother Dwayne, would you come up here? You could be somebody like Brother Dwayne who leans more on the relational side like we just saw. But at some point, you're going to have to open your mouth. But how do you know which one of those approaches to take? How do you know which one to take? Were you just telling the gospel and handing tracks out? Or whether you're saying, I'm going to build a relationship and I'm going to love this person. Brother Kirk said it last week. you got to know the one that you want to connect them to. You have to be so closely connected to the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Him you're trying to connect them to. And then the Holy Spirit tells you, back off, Marshall. See, I love leading people to Jesus Christ too, but I also love making relationships. I love people. I like to hug. I like to. Um, that's me, okay? But the Holy Spirit sometimes tells me, just tell them, you're in trouble, huh? You need someone. You need something. His name is Jesus Christ. I went to the hospital one time with Cuz, with Ben Gosper. I don't know how many of y'all know Ben. I went to the hospital and I was coaching him all the way. I said, Cuz, listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to, I, I want you to just stand there and listen to me because I'm going to talk. And the next time we go, you'll talk and I'll listen. It's a little routine that I have going to the hospital. And, and, and you learn it in ministry and all that kind of stuff. And we went to visit. This person was critically ill, and we opened up the door, and we went to stand there. And I said, hi. I said, I'm Pastor Marshall Clotio, and this is one of our lay ministers, Ben Gospar. And the next thing I heard was this. He said, you need Jesus Christ. You've been waiting for someone to tell you about Jesus, and you need him, don't you? And the guy busted out crying. And he said, how did you know that? He said, because the Holy Spirit just told me. The Holy Spirit will tell you which approach to take. The Holy Spirit will tell you just love that person and keep your mouth shut till next week or the week after. I'll tell you when to open it. But the Holy Spirit will also tell you, go get them, Randy. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to do at the appropriate time. And sometimes you just got to use good sense. Okay? Brother Dwayne, I asked to share a little story. Go ahead, Brother Dwayne. I want him because he's got a, a kind of a, a balance in this thing. He's very relational, and when the time comes, he's very equipped to open his mouth. Go ahead, share,
1: quickly. Um, a couple of things to, to share with you. If, um, if you're a new Christian and you're not sure exactly, you know, what scripture to use or, you know, uh, there's a little book that I found years ago, 15 years ago. And we keep them here. It's called Scripture Keys. How many of y'all have that? I'm sure a bunch of y'all have them. Scripture Key Book. And it's just a really good reference, you know, to go through uh, to help you with that. But I had, you know, sometimes relationships aren't, come, aren't found by exactly what you're saying, but sometimes what you do. And I remember one time at the store, this guy came up and he said, look, I'm selling shrimp. You know, and I was, oh, I love shrimp, you know. He said, uh, $2 a pound. And they were beautiful shrimp. You know, and I'm like, $2 a pound? I said, well, how much you have? He said, well, I have 25 pounds. I said, I'll buy them all. You know, he said, well, I can get you some more. I said, okay. I, I said, how much can you eat? He said, I, I'll get you 100 pounds tomorrow. I said, I'll buy 100 pounds. You know, I said, bring me whatever you can get. So he left, and my dad happened to be at the store, and he said, he called me Boo. You know, he said, hey, Boo. I said, what? He said, you know, um, it's not shrimp in season. You know, I said, Well, what you mean? He said, The guy's shrimping at night. You know? And he said, uh, he's gonna go shrimp tonight for you. And bring you a hundred pounds of shrimp tomorrow. You know, and it clicked. I was like, you know, this is part of my problem. You know? You don't look at it like that sometimes. But, you know, because I told that guy that, he was gonna go out that night. Now, what if he got caught by the game wardens? You know, and uh so he came back later that afternoon, and I told him, I said, look, I can't, you know, I can't buy the shrimp, you know. And he's like, well, what are you talking about? I said, well, and I explained it to him. You know, I said, as a Christian, I said, I can't put you in that position to go out and do something illegal, and then you come back the next day or you get caught tonight. I said, that would be on my conscience, and, and he just couldn't believe I said that, you know. Other story, this gentleman came in, and he, he was selling a bunch of stuff, you know, and I said, man, what, what's going on? Kind of like Randy does, you know. You'll know when when to speak. And uh, he said, man, I have a gambling problem, you know. And I said, well, you mind if I pray with you? You know, he said, "Oh no. So I prayed with him. Well, About two weeks later, he came back. He said, man, he said, I hadn't been to the casino. I said, you haven't? He said, no. But he said, man, I go to sleep at night, and all I hear is those bells. He said, that's all I can hear is those machines. I said, well, he's calling you. I said, he wants you back, you know. So I prayed with him again, you know, and about six months later he came by and he was preaching. Come on, He was in the ministry. You know, so there's, there's things you can do and, and the Lord will tell you, like Randy can tell you how to do it. If it's soft, if it's hard or whatever. But if you need help, these, these little books help too. You know, and memorizing the scripture helps. Amen. I just wanted to share that with you all. Amen. Thank you, Brother Dwayne. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, Brother Dwayne is big on relationships. you got to understand something. I lean, your pastor leans toward grace like Bill Hybels. Bill Hybels is one of my heroes. I will always err toward grace. I will always err toward grace in accepting anyone. I don't accept the sin. I don't accept the sinful lifestyle and won't take part in it. But I will accept them. They'll be welcome here in this church. I will preach sin as sin, but I will err toward grace because I was a sinner who received grace in his life. So I want you to know that right off. So if, if you want a legalistic church, this isn't your place. <laughs> this little track, please read this track. It gives both sides of what I was just trying to explain. And it equips you with the word. It's got the Roman road in it. It's even got a little birth certificate in the back. If you pray with someone and they give their life to Jesus Christ, you you can have them fill it out and they can put it in their wallet and say, on this day, I gave my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Please read this. It explains to you how to develop your testimony. That's why I wanted each one of you all to have this. It explains how to develop your testimony. That's just your story of what Jesus has done for you. Let me tell you what he's done for me. That's all it is. Now let me ask you all some questions, and I want you to think about this. Listen carefully. This is the, and If this was a preaching message, this is what the they call putting it in your lap. I want to put this in your lap. I want you to digest this. Who in here is willing to pray for souls? Who knows someone in here whose loss is a goose in high weeds? Come on. Who doesn't? That should be the question. Who in here is willing to pray for a burden for souls? Lord, help me. Give me a burden for souls. Because if that burden's not there, this will just be an assignment to you. You've got to ask him, Lord, give me a burden for souls. And then he will. And then you'll start building those relationships. And you'll find that balance in it. And if you go too far in one direction, I'll correct you as your pastor. You get too legalistic. I'll, I'll lovingly say, whoa, whoa, hold on. Back up a little bit here. Love them. Love them. They weren't ready for that. But I'll also tell you, listen, did you tell them what God has done for you? There's a balance in this, guys. And it comes through the Holy Spirit telling you what to do and when to do it. Right? I tell you all this every week. Who can invite someone to church? Why would you not want to invite someone to church? Right? Why would you not? Who can invite someone to church? Say, hey, would you come with me to church? Billy Graham says that, okay? Who's willing to live a life that's worth putting Jesus' name on? It's going to cost you. It'll cost you. When you want to blow up and lose it, you won't be able to because that's not a life you put Jesus' name on. You know what really hurts me? is when I meet someone or see somebody who's a Christian and they're not acting like a Christian at all. And I'm not talking about the things we usually think of. Oh, they were drinking a beer. Oh, they had a cigarette in their mouth or something. That don't bother me in the least. Let me tell you what bothers me is when I call someplace and a Christian answers the phone and I know they're a Christian and they answer it. And, yeah, what do you want? Or I see a Christian who's ugly to somebody, who treats somebody like dirt, to me, that's far worse because you got a heart issue there. Okay, who's willing to live a life worth putting Jesus's name on? Who can take part in a prayer walk? If we'd have another, we used to have these at this church, and come walk with us and just say, "Can we pray for you about something?" Don't even tell them the church you come from. We're from a. This is what we used to tell them. We'd go in your subdivision, as a matter of fact, Brother Paul. Can we pray with you about something? We're from a local Christian church. What church? That doesn't matter. We're just Christians, and we would like to... And we had a stack of prayer. Y'all remember that? Who could take part in that, all right? Who's willing to learn the Roman road? It's in this pamphlet I just gave you. I've been for years trying to get you to learn the Roman road. Who can come to prison with us next month and visit yourself? And Jesus Christ? Who can make a friend in the workplace or the neighborhood with salvation as a goal? Who can go on a mission trip? Who can have a supper and invite some people who need Jesus Christ? That's pretty easy, huh? If you're scared, come talk to me. Have your supper. I'll tell you what to cook, okay? Who knows a marriage that needs help and that can come to the marriage enrichment class that we're going to be having? Who knows someone with no family for Christmas or for Thanksgiving? Guys, time is getting short, and we better get serious about soul winning.